name is Jacob and I am a Norse pagan and this is the 10th episode of the Folk Podcast. We have another guest today, his name is Anthony, um, and he was running a YouTube channel and an Instagram page called My Norse Pagan Journey. He's also in the military and currently stationed in Germany. So we have a lot of really cool and interesting things to talk about. But as always, Anthony, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. All right, so my name is Anthony and I run the YouTube channel, My Norse Pagan Journey. Uh, I'm currently active duty military in Germany. Uh, I shoot big guns for a living, uh, field artillery, uh, jump out of airplanes for fun. Uh, but most of all, I, I found the gods since I've been here, and it's it's been one heck of a journey. Uh, <clears throat> other than that, I do have a family and everything like that. But uh, most of my most of my stuff that I put on YouTube is mostly, I would say, geared towards newer people who just found their path or just found their journey. But anybody can look at it. Anybody can watch it. So. So I definitely wanted to ask, so you said that you've not been practicing for too long and you found it while you were in Germany. So what was that first moment for you or what were those first steps you started taking to realizing this is the faith you wanted to follow? So when I first, the way I first found it was just, I was on the internet looking at things and I was a, I was a Catholic at first, just like a lot of percentage of us. Uh, and I started to do a lot of research, a lot, a lot of research. And it just, I it was like one day I was doing research and then the next day I did research, the next day I did research, the next day I did research. And then all of a sudden I had uh, kind of like that feeling that this, this was right for me. And uh, the next night, somebody I, I knew from a long time ago got a hold of me and told me to try meditating. And that's when I had my first real instance where I, I knew this is where I belonged. I knew this was, this was the right journey for me. So I was, uh, I was surprised because I remember we talked on your original Instagram account before you actually made your My Norse Pagan Journey. And it was a very quick transition between, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to create an Instagram account to I'm going to create a YouTube. So what was like your initial you know, thought on that? Like, why, why jump into this crazy world of YouTube? Uh, it's actually one of my buddies that told me to do it because he, uh, he saw my page. He's from back home and he saw my page and he was kind of like, you know what? uh you you're pretty knowledgeable like you don't know a lot because you're just starting out but you know you know you know a pretty good amount and this is about uh probably like a year after I became uh, a Norse pagan and then I didn't I didn't do it I just kind of let it go and I didn't do it didn't do it didn't do it and then all of a sudden he hit me back up and he's like hey man you ever gonna do this and I was like you know what I'll give it a shot just give it a give it one good rip and that's what I did I mean uh I have a lot of fun doing it too because like when I first started out, he, that dude was the only person that I knew that had any knowledge on uh, Norse paganism at all. So I was kind of on my own and uh, it, it was just nice. It, the way I feel is that it's nice for me to try and give back to other people that might not know what they're doing that way, just kind of helps them out a little bit. So I guess my first question would be, uh, do you think being in Germany and closer to like where a lot of this way of life and this faith um came from had any like really big impact as far as getting you started and like feeling that connection and like do you think you feel a deeper connection being there compared to uh say like being back in the states at all uh honestly yeah because whenever i first started out it was like uh, i go for walks a lot and it's like just out here in the middle of nowhere because where I live, there's, there's forest everywhere, everywhere. There's a little town here, a little town there, a little town here. And I would just, once I first started, I'd go out and I'd just sit out there and just relax and be one with nature, you know, and uh, it really, it really helped. And then just about three weeks ago, I went to Denmark and that was awesome. Uh, that was amazing. But 
yeah, I really do think that it definitely had, I think it had a more of a pull, I guess you could say, to pull me more into that, to this journey, as I would say. Right. Uh, I noticed that you do have the Denmark video up on your YouTube. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. What was that like going through Denmark itself and maybe seeing some of the sites and stuff like that, that the ones who practiced the space before us originally uh, set up? Did they have any really inspirational moments or like the gods speak to you in those moments? Uh, for sure. So uh, the very first place I went to is this town called Ribe and they have like a little Viking center there. Right. And it's just, it's like a Renaissance festival kind of. And uh, when I was there, I was just kind of walking around and then they had like a, this big hall and they had this woman uh, dressed up and she was supposed to be like the wife of like some, some, someone that was higher up in their hierarchy. And uh, she was talking to me about these, these wooden like statues of uh, Thor and of Tyr. And she was talking to me and she was like, yeah, you know, this is, this is uh, Thor. And I said, yeah, and that's Tyr. And she was like, like, didn't expect me to know it, you know? And uh, her and I got into a really, really deep conversation about Loki, actually, uh, how she sees Loki. And then I also went to uh, two other spots. The, the one that really got me was we went to a uh, ancient Viking burial ground. And it was, it was so eerie just to stand there and be like, they, these people lived here, you know, the people that uh, were on this journey, on this faith before I was lived here. And I literally stood there. Uh, I had to watch my kid, of course, but I stood there as long as I could without him bickering. And I uh, literally probably about 10 minutes after I was standing there, there was like 2000 crows. I, I, I kid you not. There was a ton of crows in the trees. And then once I walked away, they all just took off. And it, it, was, it was just the most crazy. Like, I just felt something. And it was like, I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. So <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you have to have that experience and stuff. Um, so I've seen, like, on your YouTube as well, my North Pagan journey, for those that aren't aware, this is YouTube channel. Uh, you have videos on Odin, uh, Thor, and Tyr. Do you work with them a lot or do you have one of them your patron or anything behind that? Yeah, actually those, those three are the ones that I have felt the most connection towards uh, since the beginning of my journey on this path. And uh, Odin definitely for sure is the one that's pulled me the most. He's the one I've seen uh, a few times, not a lot. Uh, he, I've seen him a couple of times in meditation, uh, Thor as well. And Tyr, I just, I don't know why and what it is. I haven't seen him, like, he hasn't talked to me in a meditation, hasn't done anything like that. But for some reason, Tyr just, I, I feel that pull to him. Uh, but definitely Odin, for sure. Odin, 110%, I feel that pull towards. And that's, that's why I decided to make those three videos. I want to make more about other gods and goddesses once I get, once I feel that more of a pull to them. Because I don't want to give just a video. You know, I can do the research, but I don't want to give a video when I don't have a, some sort of experience, you know? I think that's a really smart practice. I mean, it's something I do personally on my YouTube channel. People ask me all the time. They're like, why haven't you done like a, like a Frey video or a, you know, uh, a mirror video. And it's just because I don't have contacts or any real experiences to, to talk about. Like, yes, I can look in books. Yes. I can read you what books say, but at the end of the day, I think most people should dig into that information themselves. Um, you know, it's like not everyone's going to have experiences with all gods and even like tier, for instance, tier seems to target military people a lot. Um, and the first time I really had an experience with him was more of a respect. Um, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was like the, the tear offering we did at the fall gathering here in Kentucky, um, watching people, you know, put their arm into that tree and give offerings to him. 
um, it was definitely a moment of respect. And so, um, you know, I have much respect for Tier and Tier followers because he I definitely seems like he's a very similar to Odin in the fact that he will kick your ass. <laughs> so I definitely have mad respect for Tier. I don't really have any questions yet, but the I've just got I've, I guess I've just got like a few comments to make on it. Um, like personally, I know that I'm not I'm I've only had the the one big uh, thing with Tier, and that's been all it was since. But I know he burned the ever living crap out of my hand, left like a big scar on this whole half of my right hand for two weeks, and it sucked. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the other thing was where. I'm not not even gonna lie. I'm a bit jealous that you're able to actually you're over there like near um, where all our the ancestors were and everything like that. The other people that were that, that followed the faith a long time before us. Um, but I've heard other like similar comments from uh, Forrest Munn, and just as like a, a shout out because I remember him talking about uh, when he I think he was stationed in Sweden for a while, and he said that it was amazing and that you feel the gods and the ancestors like crazy over there. Yeah, it's it's definitely. <laughs> it's definitely awesome living. I mean, we, I mean, I want to go to uh, to Sweden. I want to go to Norway. Uh, that's where my ancestors are actually from. I did one of the tests and found out that I actually have ancestors in Norway. So I want to go there, but the military won't let us right now uh, with COVID nineteen. There's only X amount of countries we can go to, and they're they're, they're the ones that border Germany. So I can't go to any of them. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been awesome. I mean, even just living over here, I've been all over. You know, northern Germany, uh, Croatia, Italy. Uh, where else have I been? Czech Republic, Luxembourg, Netherlands, France. I've been all over the place, and it's just Denmark was my favorite. Not gonna lie to you, but it was it was definitely awesome. So, Spreste Deutsch? Nine. <laughs> not, <laughs> not much at all. My my wife speaks a lot more than I do, but but like for me, I go to work, and I, where I work at is all Americans more, more than more than most is all Americans. And then I come home and literally where I live is we call it little America because it's only Americans. So my wife, she's the one that goes to the grocery store out in town. She's the one that goes, you know, all different places and stuff. So she speaks a lot of Deutsch. I, I, I know like, excuse me, thank you. And hello. And that's about it. I've been learning for a little bit now and I finally got to like the lessons worth numbers. And I'm like, what the heck are these? These numbers make no sense whatsoever. How do you people do math? <laughs> um, but a uh, reason I actually was kind of asking, so how, uh, how much longer are you going to be stationed in Germany? Do you know, I've got another, another two years come January. I just extended for another year to stay here because I haven't traveled enough. Uh, COVID has totally ruined all of my travel plans and I haven't traveled enough. So me and the wife were like, hey, do you want to do it again? Stay another year? And she was like, yeah. So I literally just put him to stay another year. So January 22, 23, January 23 is when I get out of here. Nice. So this might be news to some people in here, but some people might not, might know. But my current plan is to actually go to Germany in January if I can get all the paperwork to come uh, written out properly. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe I can get some people together in Germany to have like a little bit of a gathering like not necessarily like a full fledged thing, but something at least, cause I know you live there. Um, and I know like three or four other people that live in Berlin. And then of course, a couple that live in Munich. So I might try to do something depending on how COVID allows us to do that. I know like Munich is pretty locked down right now. Um, so definitely keep that in mind, but I was wondering, have you run into anyone else uh, that do follow like the Norse path or even like the Germanic path um, being in Germany? Yeah, uh, weird story. Weird that you asked that because Literally, uh, this past Monday night, we had a 
I had a 24 hour staff duty shift where you just sit there on this desk for 24 hours and you're pretty much in charge of this desk <laughs> anyway. And this kid that was with me, uh, he was, he was just talking to one of the, uh, the lieutenants that walked by and somehow I thought I heard him say, uh, yeah, my, my, my religion, something, something. And I was like, what did he say? You know, and I didn't really hear him. So then another couple hours went on and then it was just me and him. No one else was in the building. And I said, Hey man, did you say something about, you know, being a Norse pagan? He was like, yeah, I've been practicing for like five years. And I was like, what dude, you're brand new here. I didn't know that. And like, we, we sat up cause you're there all night. I'm there from six in the morning till six the next morning. And we sat there and we talked like all night long. And it was just, it was awesome. Cause there's one other kid, but he's very, uh, he's closed. He doesn't want to talk to a lot of people about it. I don't know if he's fear of judgment judgment or what it is, but he doesn't want to talk to a lot of people about it. And I've told him, you know, Hey man, I'm also a Norse Bay. And like, we can talk about things. And he's like, yeah. And then he never really elaborates, but this kid, this kid could go on for hours and he he's really smart. And it was awesome. Like we both, he was telling me how he sees things, how I see things. And it was, it was really awesome. So. Yeah. I've, I've actually noticed that like being active duty myself, um, that you get some people that are very, willing to talk about it like for as far as I know I'm the only person in my unit that is um Norse pagan but it, it is interesting like I'm very open about talking about because I've been practicing it for about a few about four years now and um it's I have more people come to me asking questions because I'm not afraid to really talk about it but then you do find individuals that are very much like hush hush about it still whether it's their own personal reasons or you know like what you were saying whether they're potentially gonna get made fun of or you know judged a little bit because it is a, a very obscure faith you know in especially in america not so much you know now that I mean, we have this community um that has opened a lot of doors to a lot of people and it's starting to gain more traction but as far as the, you know the military is itself it is a very it's its own beast. So like, it, it's interesting to see how some people are a lot more open to talking about it compared to others. Um, like for like you, you're very open about talking about it. Myself, I'm very open about talking about it, but it is interesting to see how some people are just very closed off about it, even though like we are supposed to be, you know, that, that judgment free, like everybody's the same, you know, as far as the military itself goes. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, I also feel like sometimes it's like they're it's like a fear of repercussion sometimes too like oh well my platoon sergeant is a full-blown christian he's gonna hate me you know like it's not like that anymore i try to tell him that too like hey man you don't have to worry about anybody like you can talk to me you know like but uh like i've walked into his barracks room before and there's stuff all over the place and i'm like dude just you know you can come out about it man it's like it's not that big of a deal but uh but yeah i mean like when people ask me about it, I'll tell them about it. I'm not going to just go out and like rub it in their face that I am. But like when they, when they talk to me about it, I'll answer them a question. Like, you know, they see, they see me on the owner. They see something like, Hey, what's that you're touching in your pocket before you jump out that airplane? Like I had one dude ask me that last week. Cause I rub it and I, you know, just ask Thor for a couple of things while right before I'm about to go out the door. And it's like, he's like, all right, you know, like, okay, that's cool. And then other than that, like, they don't, they don't judge me about it. You know what I mean? It's just, you got to get over that hump, I guess. A lot of people do, and they just, hopefully they do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I definitely liked the, the video that you did on, like, coming out of, like, the Norse Pagan closet. Like, it's, it is interesting to see how some people kind of go about doing that. Um, like, for me, personally, like, I, I was raised in a very faith-open family. Um, 
you know, the only person that is really like strict as far as any sort of religion um, in their practice would be my grandmother on my dad's side. She is a pretty heavy, um, devout Catholic, but at the same time, she's not judgmental about other people's practices. Um, but I, I'm grateful for having that experience because it has allowed me to explore and allow myself to be a lot more open about my, my practice. Whereas you have other individuals that, you know, especially in this, in the discord community, they'll start talking about how it's, it's difficult for them to come out to particular families or particular members of their family, friends, that kind of thing. I know we just had uh, one of our guys from the Texas region go uh, talk to his parents about it after we had our Texas gathering, you know, and it, it, it makes me happy to see people, I guess, like you said, like kind of coming out of that, that North Vegan closet in a sense, but it's always, it's always different reasons for a lot of people, but at the same time, there are a lot of like similarities of, um, you know, just that fear of, of being like shunned, I guess. I don't know. Like it, it is very difficult for me to, to understand it personally, because I've never had that, that fear, I guess, or that like, that overwhelming pressure to, to think one way or the other. No, I totally agree. Uh, that's the reason I made the video because it's like literally once I found out, uh, I told my mother and she was all, she was pretty cool about it. She doesn't really care. Uh, my wife was like, yeah, go for it. Cause she's kind of like, she doesn't really believe in anything. She just kind of, she thinks there's something out there and she believes in like witchcraft, but she doesn't really believe in any like higher beings, I guess you could say. Uh, but then, like you said about your grandmother, my grandmother is the same way. And she's, she's pretty, she's not like devout, but she's very, she's strict. She sent the kids to Catholic school, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I'm waiting to tell her until I get back to the States. That way she can like, I can tell her in person. I don't want to tell her. She's that person I don't want to tell over the phone, you know? Uh, but like everybody else is just kind of like, yeah, hey, this is what I'm doing now. And they're like, for real? And I'm like, yeah, like, they're like, oh, you'll, you'll lose it in a month or two. And here I am about another year or two down the road. And here I am, you know? So. Yeah, I, I, I had the, the, it's a phase thing brought up to me. Um, it's actually not long after I moved here to New Mexico. Um, it was actually my first experience having uh, the, it was a group, group from a local church here and they were actually doing like the door to door and like knock like, oh, do you have time to talk about it? It wasn't Jehovah's Witnesses, but I'm just going to go with that as a basis. That's basically what they were doing. And it was, you know, one of the ladies that was there basically said like, oh, it's just a phase that you're going through. Same thing. She said, oh, my son's doing the same thing. And it's like, oh, it's just a phase. I'm like, mm, no, but like, I, I can see how that can be a very common uh, way of thinking for a lot of people that don't actively practice it, but that also at the same time, they don't really judge you for it. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, we'll see how far you go into it kind of a thing. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly how it was. Uh, my wife said the same thing when I uh, purchased my first meal owner. She was like, you're only going to wear it for two weeks and then it's going to go sit on, your sta on the side of your table. And I'm like, all right. And here I am. I still have it on. So it's like, okay. But uh but yeah, and like my mom, when I told her, she was all, uh, she had no idea what I was even talking about. Like she had no idea what Norse paganism was. So I had to like, she's watched the Vikings. So I had to tell her that, which I hate to tell her that because it's not what we do today, you know, but uh, then she started asking questions and now she actually understands it. And like, I'm hoping that when I go home, I can talk to her about it and then see what she thinks about it. Cause she's very open-ended on her, on her aspect of, of all that too. So yeah, it was, I've definitely got the, hey, you'll be over it in two weeks, you know, so. 
something I definitely want to hear from all of us a little bit here is how do we tell people to have zero information about the faith? Like you said, you refer to Vikings TV show. Like, I think we all have to fall on that sometimes. Um, but I am curious what everyone, th- you know, if you run into someone on the streets and they're, you're like, I'm a Norse pagan, they're like, I have no idea what that is. Or they, you know, you say something about Odin, they're like, who's Odin? Like, what do you guys do as far as, you know, beginning to describe this complex, very hard to describe thing that we follow? Well, actually, the, the kid that I was with that night on that uh, 24-hour shift, the when he told that one lieutenant what it was, and she had no idea, he actually referred to the Vikings as well. Uh, but a lot of times when I've told people, they say, oh, like Thor's dad from from the Marvel movies, you know? And I'm like, oh, come on, man, there's more to it than that, you know? Yeah, so it's like, but uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll either like pull out my phone and like show them something or something like that. That's a lot of times what I'll do because I hate referring to the Vikings and I hate referring to marvel movie but uh sometimes you do have to do that i feel like anyway yeah it's it is pretty difficult to not reference either yeah like you said marvel or vikings um luckily for me quite a few people that i've worked with have i would say a basic understanding of what norse paganism norse paganism is besides vikings and marvel um a guy that i work with he has a a card detailing company that he does on the side and it's called Valkyrie. Um, and I noticed one day that he was, he was at work and he had, um, actually I have it right next to me, the Norse mythology book by, um, oh God, I'm gonna butcher her name, Helen A. Huber, Huber, the one that's like all brown, pretty golden light and stuff like that. And you know, I noticed it when he was holding it and uh, I kind of asked him a bit about it. I was like, oh, so like, what you got there, bud? Because I knew exactly what I, what it was because I have it myself. And in, luckily, a lot of people are very, that I work with are very open-ended about discussing it. And yes, there are times where I do have to make like that Vikings reference or that Thor's reference or the, like the Marvel reference just because it's, it's the easiest way to, for them to visualize it. But once I started going into more details and stuff like that, it's a lot easier. Like uh, the other day when I was discussing things, about, uh, I was discussing about it with people, I had to use a lot of God of War references. I've never personally played like the fourth God of War, but I know it is set in Norse mythology. And, you know, I had to use that in some and you know as a a way to segue and get into certain topics then you know help explain it but it i feel like because we have such a, a massive amount of of mass media type things as far as like you know movies comics video games and stuff like that it does make it a little bit easier to help people visualize it but then it's like okay you have to explain to them that this is how the game did it but this is how it actually is according to like the way that we practice it. So like there are, yes, there's similarities, but it's that explaining of differences is where you start going on that rabbit hole, I find. Yeah, for me, um, I tend to describe it in the terms of nature. <laughs> are you distracted by something, Ian? Do you see something that distracts you? I'm trying to work here, Ian. I need you to calm down. Just for everybody listening, he's got like five, six pens stuffed in his beard. Six, that's far more than six. How dare you, dude? While y'all y'all were so engrossed in your in your conversation, he was sitting there and he had like twelve in there at one time, <laughs> and then they just went and fell right out. No, I have them all in there right now. No, there was all the ones that fell on the floor. No, I got them all back. 
Um, oh, I just like to prove that I have the biggest beard in the room and it's not always true. And I like to flaunt it when I can. So yeah, well, the one thing I usually go to for people to have zero experience is I usually refer to like nature, just like, hey, when you go on a hike and you see a waterfall, what do you feel? And they say, oh, well, I feel the beauty of the waterfall. I feel it, you know, it's like, it feels so good. And like hardly any time have they ever said, um, oh, I see God, I feel God in the waterfall. It's those kind of people that I have a lot of trouble describing this faith to um, that see the Christian God within the waterfalls and whatnot. But as far as when people have no name for how they feel beauty, um, that's when I'm just like, well, when you don't know what to name it, that's what they're, that's where you find the gods. That's where you find the spirits is when you feel something that doesn't have a name. And so it's like, and all I've done is I've gone through my life and I've had these experiences. I've felt these presences and the, you know, the Norse lens has given me names to them. So when I hear, when I feel thunder, when I feel the beauty and the power of a cracking thunder and, you know, lightning, that's when I give it a name. That's when I call it a God. And for me, that's actually helped quite a bit because a lot of people don't know what to name these presences. They don't know what to name these feelings they have throughout their life. I can get behind the, the nature thing. Cause that's when I had those in the, the individuals that came to me from the local church in town, you know, they asked, the first question that they asked me was, do you have a church that you go to? All right. You know, I said yes and no, you know, and it, it, that, that answer really threw them off because we don't really have like, I guess you could say a church, but I can go out into nature and that is, you know, that's my church. That's my temple. Like I, that's where I can connect spiritually to the gods, the land here, you know, the spirits and ancestors, whoever you're trying to connect you at that particular time, you know, like it's, it is an interesting concept to bring up to people, you know, and it, sometimes it's just such, it, it's so difficult for them to kind of fathom that and understand that aspect of, I could literally go anywhere away or away from the normal society and, uh, you know, the modern day technology and city, and I can be at peace and I can find the gods. I don't have to go to a, a specific building you know, gather with a bunch of other people to worship, you know, one God kind of a thing. So it's it, the, the, the talking about nature, you know, the connection to nature that we have and everything like that, it, that's to me, I find it a little bit more difficult to actually talk to people about and not so much that it's difficult for me, but it's, I find it difficult for them to understand where I'm coming from. Cause a lot of people are so disconnected from nature nowadays. Because we have like, you know, we have our phones, our computers, TV, everything like that. So a lot more people are staying enclosed in their houses that they don't, they, they've lost that connection. You know, it's very rare for, I think, a lot of people to still have that connection. But when they do, I feel like it's easier for them to understand. So like a lot of people that, that understand where I'm coming from with nature tend to be people that are very outdoorsy, whether they do hiking, fishing, hunting, that kind of stuff like they they still have that connection to nature, not so much in a spiritual aspect, but they they can they have some understanding of where I'm coming from with that. But I can uh, I can definitely relate to the uh, trying to figure out as far as if somebody's if they've got the connection with nature or not. Like anytime anybody asks me at work, it's always just like, you know, is that like the Marvel stuff or whatever? And I just give them the I just give them the quick and easy thing because they they're just looking for something as far as like. Oh, why don't you go to church on Sundays? And why don't you believe in God and Jesus? 
And so I just give them the, I just give them the quick dirty and they're done with it. They don't care anything else, but people like my wife, uh, she's got that connection to nature and she's, a she's kind of, she's still Christian, but she's kind of into, she's getting more into things. Like she's actually starting to get really interested in Buddhism and uh, meditation and stuff like that. So moving that she's moving in a really in a good place i think to kind of help with her own kind of you know work on herself a bit so that'll all be good but she uh she'll ask me things as far as like what I, you know when we're out in the woods or things asking like you know what we feel on this or how she feels on that and it's it's a good way to try to connect and explain things better to her and she i think she's figured out that like what i do isn't for her but it's uh it's helped uh her understand me better and why i do what i do because i've i've put so much into this faith and uh to especially the community we built in the last year. So this might be a completely strange tangent, but um, I've been watching a show, it's on HBO Max, it's called Raised by Wolves. And it's a sci-fi series, I think it's made by Ridley Scott. And it's like this weird alternate guy, kind of like dystopian future where there is like a singular religious body that are, is basically Christianity. They worship soul, which we all know Christians just worship a sun god anyways. And then you have the atheists and they like have a war. And like the main plot line is that the atheists send an andro- like two androids out and like basically 12 children and they, they raise the children to be atheists. And it's like, and even those children like struggle against the atheism but not having belief when like a child dies, they're like, well, what happens? And the androids are like, nothing, like nothing happens. And they're like, well, that sucks. Like, why do we even live if nothing happens? And eventually you like, you have this kid and more of the children have died and he's inside of their like potato hut where they store all their potatoes and he's sitting there trying to pray to the potato just to have some kind of religious connection and like it seems kind of odd but the more i've thought about it that's such a powerful scene because for to me um you know if you remove all knowledge of religion and all knowledge of science and you just throw someone in an environment they're going to be thankful for things or they're going to look to things for answers and yes we've been able to answer a lot through science especially in the age we live in now but that's what I find so fascinating about Norse paganism is that even though we have so much knowledge of how the universe and our world works, it's becoming to really realize in our minds that that connects more to how we see the universe as Norse pagans. Um, and that's like, to me, a really fascinating idea because I want to be thankful for things. When good things happen in my life, I want to be thankful. And when bad things happen in my life, I want to figure out why. Is it within me or is it something I can't control? Um, and I think that's a very hard lesson to teach people about this faith, especially with someone without any knowledge, but what this faith is gives us and what this faith, um, really helps us do is accept how life works. And I think that is one of the most powerful lessons we can learn. I totally agree. Uh, how you were saying about whenever they saw that baby and they were wondering where it went after it was dead and everything. So like, uh, we were talking about my wife and she's not, doesn't really believe in anything, but when I was in Denmark, they had this amazing museum. And it was literally the life of in that time, in that time period. And you start out working on a farm and all this kind of stuff. And then you go to a war and then you actually stand on these little steps. And when you walk on them, I put them in my video about Denmark, a whole video of me doing this, but you step on these little spots and it shows you dying. And then it shows you uh, being burned as if like being put into the ground. And then it shows you, uh, it turns you into like a, like a rainbow going up Bifrost. And then literally it's like this little like mesmerizing white blob that you are and uh it doesn't really tell you where you go after that but then you literally take another turn and you walk up a staircase and it's bifrost and once you get once you walk up the staircase of bifrost you end up outside of this uh it looks like a tree 
so I'm guessing it's Yggdrasil, but you walk up there and there's this tree and it's like all the different stories of the gods are playing at that time. And there's all these different things going on. And my wife looked at me and she said, so is this your heaven? And I was like, I mean, sure, if that's what you want to call it. But she had a better understanding of it uh, through that. But it's, it's definitely uh, life-changing because she asked me all the time about it. Like, we're, so what's going to happen to our son when he dies? What's going to happen to us when we die? And I try to explain to her that we don't know. You know, you, don't, you really don't know where you're going to go. We have all these different, these different places to go, but we don't know. And she couldn't wrap her head around that because she still thinks about heaven and all that kind of stuff. But it's like... Yeah, she's 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 getting there though. Yeah, another obscure reference that I feel like uh, connects to this a little bit is um, actually Force put in his story. I think last night um, he was watching Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, and he put up the scene where uh, Theoden learns that his son's dead and that they buried his son. And Gandalf says something like along the lines of your son had a strong soul and he'll find his way to the halls of his ancestors. And like, to me, it's like, I never, I guess I analyzed that like one line, you know, from Lord of the Rings of all things, but that's kind of how we see things. Like we see, you know, if you can become a strong person within yourself and of your soul, like that's all we really need to understand what the afterlife is. Like it's someone that is lost and confused that can't move on to the next life or gets left behind. And it's like, once you start understanding truly who you are, you will be able to find your way to the halls of the ancestors. And like, I just get chills here at saying that or hearing that because we don't need that written down anywhere. I don't need someone to tell me that because that's what I feel when I practice this faith. Wasn't Tolkien huge into Norse mythology though? I feel like he was. Yeah, he was. Um, he I thought so. technically he was he died a Catholic and he was right, you know, a Catholic his whole life. But it's hard to say. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, no one could really not say they were a Catholic back then. It's like uh, the person that wrote Myths and Symbols in Pagan Europe, H.R. Uh, Ellis Davison. Um, she was a Catholic, but like she wrote all these books being very pro-pagan. So it's like it's kind of hard to say. Uh, but we do we do owe Tolkien a lot in the fact that he saved a lot of our knowledge and like recorded it for us. I mean, he did many, a lot of translations and he really helped raise, he was the first wave of awareness on Norse mythology. Um, and I know, and I, I always like plugging this, but I talk to his great granddaughter all the time and she's super nice. Um, I won't say who it is that way. Like, I don't want to get her flooded, but she is a Norse pagan, very open about it. And so it's like, you see that transition, like she took her grand, great grandfather's knowledge and she herself now follows the old ways. So there's definitely a connection there of like Tolkien and the uh, the old ways. I say, Anthony, didn't you did a video on um, since we're kind of on the topic of the afterlife? You did a video on like how where we go on the afterlife or like our concept of it, correct? Yeah, I did. It was more likely just more or less just like an informative video, and then my take on it, like because you know a lot of people about everybody's saying Valhalla, Valhalla, Valhalla. It's all you ever hear about. It's huge in the military, like there's people that I know that have no idea what Valhalla even is. And they're, you know, as soon as, as soon as uh, one of our brothers or sisters dies, they say, oh, until Valhalla. And it's like, did you even know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand the reference, but, uh, but yeah, I just gave like my take on it and kind of how it's not, not everyone's going to end up in Valhalla, you know, it's, and some people have those different ways that they think like you have to die in battle. Some people think, some people think if you died, living a big battle on earth, like cancer or something like that, that you can end up there. I mean, there's multiple things. And that's why I love this, this path and this faith, because I mean, it's, it's all how you interpret it, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I did do that video and I just kind of, it was more informative. Like I'd talk about, you know, hell and just Valhalla, uh, Folkvang or just all the different places and then kind of give my interpretation on it as well. 
Yeah, I that's that's a, like this conversation, like as far as the afterlife and everything like that goes, is a relatively common discussion that is brought up in the Discord. So for myself personally, like uh, my matron is hell. So like I deal with a lot of of the afterlife, you know, Nibelheim, Helheim, all that kind of stuff. So it, a lot of questions are asked to me about that take on it. Um, you know, and yeah, it, it's like you said, everybody kind of has their own different take on how these are interpreted. Like, yes, there are some things that are relatively set in stone for the most part, but at the same time, like, again, we don't fully know. And it's what you feel in the end that, and what makes sense to you that it is so wonderful about this faith is that it, I don't want to say it's like customizable, but there are, there's room for interpretation for a lot of stuff because unfortunately we don't know all, everything, you know, it's not hundred percent set in stone. But I'm sure Anthony, when you were doing your research into the afterlife videos, I found with mine is that you go into like folk Wagner and it's like, oh, there's one line in all of our knowledge of this thing existing. And then they're like, you watch like a Crawford video and it's like, well, this could be referring to something else and somewhere else. And it might not actually be Frey, it could be Frigg or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, like we can't really say for certain if Wolf Wagner is actually a real place, if it was just a, you know, a written down place or what it really is, you know, for all we know, it was just said one time by one tribe in somewhere in, you know, Sweden. And so we really do have to go based on our own feelings. And if I, I would say if you're a, you know, devout Freya worshiper, you know, and you sat down, you're like, okay, where do I really go if I die? You know, and you want to call, you know, that place to use Wagner, then it's Wagner. And I think that's what you mean by it's like customizable. Um, same thing with me. Like, I don't think in my death, I'm going to go to Valhalla, but at the same time, I do feel I'm going to go with Odin in some capacity. And I don't necessarily need a name for that place. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree. Cause I mean, there's times where like, cause of being in the military and I say to, you know, when I'm just having an open discussion to any god that wants to listen or you know certain gods like odin or whoever and i'll even tell Odin like hey man like <clears throat> if i do die in battle cool i'll see you later but if i don't you know what i mean it's not it's 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 not like that and I, I feel like you can like you said interpret it how you want uh because literally that dude i had the conversation with on that 24-hour shift him and i got into talking about hell and i was kind of like you know, my interpretation of it is this. And he was like, oh no, but I feel like it's more like purgatory in like the Christian faith. And I was like, okay, so I'm not going to argue with you because you could be right. And I might be totally wrong, you know? So. I just had a, a thought that popped in on this. Uh, well, on this conversation is that I was talking a while back with um, one of our guys in the discord that is actually in Sweden or lives there. And I think it's, it's been a few months back at least. Um, but he was saying how still culturally, like even though, you know, Sweden has been Christian predominantly for the last what, almost a thousand years or at least 800 years or something like that, uh, they still culturally have like the concept of Valhalla or Valhalla and uh, they still have that stuff uh, in there. And he was saying, he was talking to me about how, since I'm the, you know, one of the big Odin guys in there, um, about how in their culture, it's still like, as long as you live a good life, and that you're a good person, you know, you take care of your family and you don't break any of stuff like that. You know, you're going to go, you know, in their eyes, you go to, you know, Valhalla or wherever like that. I mean, they may have that confused with hell or something like that, but I can't say. I don't know for sure. But I just thought that'd be something interesting to throw into this. So it may, we don't know if it's strictly you die in battle and you go there or not. But, you know, things could have changed between, you know, then and now. I really don't know who said this like it's been within a week that i've heard someone say this like vocally whether it was a video or not um so i i apologize i don't have the source for this but someone literally said they're like 
Um, you know, Norwegians are famous because they go to church three times when they're born, when they get married, and when they die. Like they don't, they aren't very religious people. At least, uh, very uh, globally across Scandinavia, they're not very religious at all. And I feel like that those ideas of the old ways are still ingrained in their society in a way that they don't just call religion anymore. For instance, in the gift documentary I promoted on my channel with uh, Mykonos from the Faroe Islands, he kind of talks about that. He talks about how you know. To him and a lot, and they have the, uh, the statistics, like most people in the Faroe Islands are Lutheran, but like most people don't necessarily follow the doctrine of the Lutheran church. It's just so ingrained in their society as a cultural hub where it's like, yeah, the Lutheran church has just always been here. And it's just kind of, it's not really even religion at that point. It's just kind of society. And I do feel like that's how the Scandinavian countries have kind of developed. Um, but then you had Mykonos that believes in the old ways still. And I don't even think he necessarily goes around calling himself Asatru or Norse pagan. It's just like, no, these are just my beliefs. And I feel like that's more common than we, we really see within those uh, within the boundaries of the old world. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, when I was in Denmark, there's churches everywhere. Uh, but like every every major site that I went to that had something to do with Norse paganism or the Vikings or whoever of that time period, there was always a church there, which was kind of awkward. But uh, at the same time, uh, I drove past like two or three churches on Sunday when I was driving home uh, back to Germany and they, there was people there, but it wasn't like a packed lot. You know what I'm saying? Like how, when you go to pass a church anywhere in the South in America and it's thousands of cars outside, but there it's like, there's like five or six cars in a 50 car parking lot. So I, I feel exactly what you're saying about how they have it and it's kind of like it was pushed upon them and it's there but now it's kind of like hey you know we're starting to see things in a different light i guess you could say yeah that that's that's why like i i like to commonly refer to this practice as more of a way of life more so than a faith um at least for me personally because where i grew up in minnesota like yes there's churches and everything like that but there's a heavy scandinavian footprint there i mean Yes, you have your churches, but then you go to certain restaurants and certain shops and stuff like that, and you have statues of trolls just scattered throughout, like everywhere, you know, and it's 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 still there. I mean, we have a, a massive museum that has a, a, a long ship in it that was, I don't remember if it's reconstructed or if it's the remnants of one that they found near the Great Lakes area. Um, it's been a while, like, it's been a while since I've been back there, but it's the more I've talk to people you know in this community the more I start remembering certain things growing up of that footprint still being there where it was it's it's more of a way of life still that is ingrained and yes like there's churches and everything like that but like you were, like what you were saying uh you have these churches like what you were saying that have 50 or so slots open and you have maybe half of that or a tenth of that and it, it is interesting to see where it's it's more of a routine more so than an actual way of life in some areas because it has been such a common thing like like we said like down in the south it's i feel like it's more of a way of life so more so than a routine but you go to other places like what you're saying with denmark you know you have a few cars here and there where i'm from in minnesota it's to me i see it more of like a routine you know because like with my family like i was explaining earlier they're very open-ended like yes they go to churches they go to church and everything like that but they besides my dad's mother it's not so much uh they're not as quite devote to it they're not it, it's not such a, a life consuming idea it is more of a routine 
I definitely see a difference in uh, Catholicism and even Orthodoxy than I do like Protestant religions or Protestant Christianity. Um, Cause I was watching a video on YouTube once. It was from like a, a Catholic, I think Bishop. And he was talking about uh, the rise of paganism and he was actually kind of happy. He was like, honestly, the Catholic church is dying. People don't believe in God anymore. So to hear people are actually have a religion and they're building a life value around something. I'm happy to hear. He's like, I was worried people just wouldn't have faith anymore. But he's like, at least it's something. And I'm like, you have a Catholic guy, a, a Baptist preacher would never say that. <laughs> and I, I feel like that is a very, you know, a more common thing, especially since Catholicism and Orthodoxy is more prevalent. I mean, honestly, I, I don't even know if there are Protestant churches really uh, widespread throughout Europe, but for the most part here, that's all you have. Like the Catholic church has almost no presence here in America, um, but you have so many Baptists and Presbyterian churches here. And I feel like they're the more closed off of the few, but um, I guess the reason I'm saying that is just because it's, it's very interesting to see the difference um, in communities. I mean, especially with like me and Sherd and uh, me, Sherd and Baker, who are all from the south, uh, Southern regions, I feel like it is much more difficult to get through to people because we did talk about like the coming out of the closet thing and, um, you know, how do we describe it to people. But when people have no acceptance for different afterlifes or no acceptance for different thoughts, that's when we run into the problems. But like Catholics, you guys are chill. I like you guys. <laughs> Whenever... Whenever I first got here, I felt like a huge, and I couldn't even tell because I can't read German, so I really don't know, but I could see the huge, like there's churches everywhere in Germany, everywhere. Like <clears throat> from where I live, I can walk through the woods, hit a road, and there's a little shrine on the side of the road to like Mary, which usually is Catholicism, I think, but uh, you know, like there's a little shrine to her just with candles lit and just stuff. And it's just like, it's, I've never seen that in the States, you know, and then walk a little bit farther and there's Jesus on a cross just on a little altar outside and then you get about five minutes down the road and there's a church that was built in the year 1300 you know what I mean it's just there's there's everything everywhere here is I feel a lot of uh has a lot of Christianity into it I'm looking into uh where more of like the Norse pagan stuff is because I know there's gotta be more I know there's more up north uh really far up north like close to the Denmark border but like down here down south because I'm closer to I'm like two hours from Munich, three hours from Munich, uh, and about three hours north is Berlin. So like all the bigger cities are here. So I feel like a lot more of it is majority Christianity around here. There's not really much. I feel like the only people I've ever met or seen wearing a Mjolnir or anything like that around here is military. But in Denmark, you saw everything. You saw, it was probably like 75% Mjolnirs. Then everything else was a cross. So that's awesome. Uh, one thing I definitely recommend in Munich, um, it's one place that I'm going to go to, I think it's only an hour away, uh, is they have one of the sites for where people have found bog bodies. Um, so like the human sacrifices that like preserve the bodies um, from like the old pagan days. And so um, that's one place I'm going to go and they have like a recreative village there too. Um, and I think they have a couple of the bodies. So that's one of the things I was going to do as far as like a pagan site. We've lost everyone but Ian. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm standing. Yeah, uh, Anthony Sherd's internet went out. It's not like he didn't like you, but his internet crashed. <laughs> and he can't join oh, while we're fine. recording. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Anthony, I'm going to go ahead and start closing out. I'll give you, uh, you know, last time to plug yourself and say anything else. Otherwise, I just want to say thank you, guys. Thanks for allowing me to be on here. Uh, it's, it was fun. I had a lot of fun. So thank you again. No, honestly, I think this conversation, if we didn't lose everyone, could keep going for like for another hour, but we do have another podcast too. <laughs> um, At least another hour. Right. <laughs> yeah, you did a 24-hour shift. I'm sure we could go. We need to do oh, like a marathon podcast where it's like, how long can we go? <laughs> I'm down. <Just> keep talking. <laughs>
I'll bring that kid that was with me because that kid can talk for ages. Oh so. man. Okay. Here's a crazy <laughs> idea. Um, we could do a podcast where we just put out an open link like onto my Instagram or something like that. And every five minutes we cycle guests or something like that and have people come on. That'd be uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And then I would just have like this like running that. tally of people coming in. Like, okay, you got five minutes, share your story real quick. All right, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure could, I'm sure you could definitely make it work. So. And yeah, just keep going until we run out of people. <laughs> we become old men. <laughs> All right. But, well, uh, and, seriously, oh, yeah. if you do, if you do come to Germany, let me know. I have an extra room if you want somewhere to stay. I literally live right in the middle of Munich and Berlin. So, okay, awesome. Um, but yeah, um, folk, we'll go ahead and start ending this episode of the Folk Podcast. Anthony, thank you once again for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. If you do want to find him, he is at my Norse Pagan Journey on Instagram, and his YouTube is my Norse Pagan Journey as well. And so please give him a follow, please give him a like, watch his videos, especially the one in Denmark. I'm really excited. To, I'm only halfway through it. I'm really excited to finish it. Um, but folk, if you are interested on in being on the folk podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions we'd like us to answer, we're also here for that. But folk, until next time, until the hall, skull. Skull. Give me a skull, Anthony. Gosh. Oh, skull. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't thing, have enough right? people. <laughs> <laughs>